the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. All right. Welcome to Yak Radio with Dave Stahl on FM 961 AM 1170, The Answer. Folks, we're going to have a fun show. I've got some interviews that I did last week. But first, San Diego Propane. If you're looking to get a propane service out in East County, you can't get any better than San Diego Propane. Go to sd-propane.com, or you can call Dave at 619-460-1705. He'll be happy to talk to you and set you up. Also, West Escondido Auto and Trans, if you're looking for a good, honest repair shop, I have four, all owned by Brian, who does the radio show Saturday morning. Take a look. Go to westautomotivegroup.com, and you know you can get your vehicle worked on in confidence. AAA, Napa Auto Care, ASC Certified. All right. Hey, guess what? There was a birthday. I think it was last week. Ford Mustang turned 58 years old. And Jim Owens, the Mustang marketing manager, who uh, states he was born the same year, wants to chat with you about some of the festivities. Take a listen. All right, folks. Guess what? There's a birthday party. Ford Mustang, 58 years. We got Jim Owens. He's the Mustang marketing manager. Man, I tell you, you're going to get to the point where you're not going to have enough room for candles. <laughs> well, having been born the same year as the Mustang um, and probably in desperate need of a full frame-off rotisserie restoration, um, <laughs> I'm running yeah. out of candles on my birthday cake, too. <laughs> you were born? That's amazing. So Yeah. So celebrate, a, a celebrate a birth year. It's always yeah. kind of fun. It's. I'm sorry. Do you have a bird? Do you have a Mustang from back in the day? I don't have the '60s era Mustangs, uh, Dave. I have a couple of uh, Gen Five versions. Um, one from Carroll, from back when I was working for Carroll. It's an oh. 07 GT500 KR, right? So we sold them as 08s and 09s. Uh, right. It was one of the test cars and one of the media cars, and we used it for all of the uh, carbon fiber hood testing, um, and then we used it for the supercharge upgrade. Um, so I put substantial miles, definitely not a garage queen on that one. Um, and then my girlfriend's son, we got him an 06 um, that has about 435 horsepower to the crank. Yeah. And he, he's done a lot of work on it himself. He's really into the cars. Um, so he's uh, put on the Brembo calipers up front. He put on my KR exhaust, uh, put on a classic design front splitter, contains uh, the control arms. So we have a little bit of fun with the Mustangs here. Well, you've got to go look for a Mustang that was built the same year or the same month you were born. You know how much fun that would be? Um, there, Yes, and and we talked about it. Um, <laughs> so the, the closest I came uh, to that was a 70s era, and uh-huh. I have a, a love of the 71 Mach 1, right? The blue with the white stripes, 
little white interior section of it. Um, I do have a Hot Wheels edition of that one, uh, but at Barrett-Jackson one time at an event, um, I came very close to, to owning it and bringing it home with me. <laughs> you know, that's my wife's favorite Mustang out of all of them with that swoop back on it. Yep. It's, See, it's just menacing. I'm not a fan of that model. Don't I don't bark at me, but that I just and she just every time she sees it, she says, "We got to get one. We got to get one. We got to get one." I and said, that's well, right They're out of my budget. Are you kidding? I make oh, the kind of money yeah. you make. Yeah, that they are out of the budget. They went way up um, huh. yeah, in in that time period. But that's kind of the positive thing of Mustang that has helped us yeah. celebrate 50 years, Dave. I mean. You have individual tastes, and the Mustang yeah. from 1965 model year all the way through today has yeah. those, you know, those ones that, you know, hey, this is my favorite. Yeah. You know, even even within the car, like right, like on the 22, maybe you like the Mustang Ice White package, right, which is like the triple white fox body, white wheels, clear yeah. tail lamps, white pony yeah. badge, or maybe you like the Stealth Edition, which is the darker Argent, you know. That's kind of what makes Mustang fun over the you know longest continuous running sports car nameplate in the United States. That's what's kind of helped us. Well, I know. I mean, I had the opportunity to drive a, an Eleanor from the movie. Didn't go very far with it, but I got to drive it. Uh, then I then when the the first bullet came out in the green, oh my God, I wanted that car so bad. Then you put me in a video when I was at the Detroit Auto Show one year. And I still, every time I repost that video, you know, try to park in the lower parking garage. Remember that one? <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah you I do. I mean, it was it was green screen, but I never tell anybody that. I go, oh, no, that was the real deal, dude. Let me tell you. <laughs> and and I tell you, that's out of all the Mustangs. Well, I shouldn't say that because you sent me to uh, Sears Point Raceway, and I got to drive the 350R and a couple other cars. Yep. So, yeah. You know, it's. It, I think it would be hard for me to decide which one I would I would buy because I I would have to have more than one. So, what are you doing for the birthday this year? Yeah. So family? this year, yeah, this year for the 58th birthday, and it happens to be on Easter Sunday. Um, so we have what we're doing is with the clubs across the country and actually across the world. Uh, for those who are still gathering for it. So, like, example, at Charlotte at the Mustang Owners Museum, 300 folks are coming down, and some members of the uh, engineering and design team are going to be there. Um, we have a car show at Gail Haldeman's place, mm. you know, where he, you know, one of the original Mustang designers. Um, mm. So we've got an event going there, and then Mustang Club of Southeastern Michigan is doing an event, um, and then we have the event on the West Coast as well. Uh, with the uh, the the Southern California Mustang Club, and um, I'm sure so there's a bunch Shelby of them. America, I'm sure Shelby America in Vegas is having a party too. Yeah, they're doing they're they're doing all sorts of things, including you know the building of the current Shelby's that they're doing, and and yeah, so it's going to be you know celebrating the the 58 years. You know, there's we spent larger on the 50th and, you know, the oh, yeah. 40th and, you know, some of the biggers, you know, it's like anniversaries and birthdays, right? You celebrate the big ones a little bit larger. Uh, but this one, we've just got a, a, a ton of product stuff that 
really reinforces why Mustang has been, you know, around since 1966 or 65 model year and 64 calendar year and, you know, why it has clubs on six of the seven continents. Well, and the funny thing, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you ever broke production with this car, did you? That's correct. And thank God for Corvette for getting a model year. And well-deserved, well-deserved, because that is definitely your your competition was, the, was well, it was a Corvette well, for a little Camaro. Yeah, it was and Corvette. Camaro. And Camaro well, broke. Camaro, Camaro yeah, broke Camaro. production. Yeah, and, you know, I can't, you know, don't go out and say this every place, but we used to have a poster up on the ninth floor of the marketing place that had a picture of an empty parking lot and said that this was the 2007 through 2009 Camaro owners group. You're so bad. And it looks like they're going to do it again. It looks like they're going to do it again. It, it, I mean, the, the, obviously, there's a lot of things going on in the sports car segment, and you know, the, the, the Challenger and Camaro, which are obviously the other top two that compete for the sales crown. Um, and you know, there's a lot of things going on in that in that marketplace. But you guys, I know, I know you guys because you know the Ford family is is true to the Mustang. I don't see them allowing any marketing guy or any bean counter telling them we can't do this anymore. I, I just, it's just, I can't even imagine it. So it's just, are you going to do, I know it's 58, 60, you'll probably do something special, but are you going to do any limited production birthday edition? Well, you know, we don't talk about future product, Dave, um, but I would about now. It's your birthday, the 58. <laughs> the well, I'm not the 58, about, I know better. Yeah, the 58th, no. So the 58th year, um, the we, we've got five new packages that are extremely, okay. extremely cool. One of them is the GT500 Heritage Edition, and I don't know if you've seen it yet, but, you know, Carol and his merry band of hot rodders back in 67 when we unveiled the GT500 used the Britney blue with Wimbledon white stripes as one of the, you know, lead cars. Like it was the one in the museum that Carol's place has um, that's front and center of the GT 500. So we worked with the design team and we came up with a color that, you know, because paints in the sixties obviously can't do the same type of materials that, you know, today that you could do then. Um, So we came up with the Britney blue and Wimbledon white. And it is almost, I mean, it is what, Brittany blue would be today and it has the painted stripes over the top with the painted gt500 embedded into the painted stripe and it is yeah it's 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 pretty cool and if you think you know like steve davis from barrett jackson you know his original gt350 was Brittany blue uh, and spent a lot of time around that so there's a collector's interest in it and and that one will begin production here. You know, we don't produce them here in the winter because of the tire compound. Uh, it's a little too cold in in southeastern Michigan. Uh, but those should be out in the dealerships really soon. We're really excited about that. Wow. So if anybody wants to know anything more about what's going on as far as this year's birthday year, because you do celebrate it for the full year, uh, Ford, Ford.com, Ford Mustang, Mustang.com, or Ford.com backslash yeah. Mustang? Yeah, on Ford.com, um, there's a Mustang tab. You know, we have okay. the horse up on top on that. 
Um, right. You can also go to the FordPerformance.com. Um, we do have a complete enthusiast page there and um, a new Mustang registry. So, like, if you think of what, um, you know, like the old SAC team did, right, the the Bible, if you will, for the collector cars, um, you know, the SAC registry, we're doing it actually online now. So customers wow. can come in, put in their images, what they've done to their vehicles, and we'll track the vehicle through its life. Right. Um, so you can always go to Ford dot, FordPerformance.com and click on the Enthusiast tabs and find our registry. All right, buddy. Well, Matt, it is always a joy talking to you, uh, and I look forward to uh, – God, and you, and you have the same birthday of Mustang, and you work for Ford. How unique is that? <laughs> it's it's uh, – I've been blessed to have been working around a successful team of passionate men and women for the last 20 years and hope to do it for the next 20. Mr. Ford should give you a Mustang every year for your birthday. <laughs> I'll put in a word yeah. for you next time I chat. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great, Dave. Thanks so much. All right, buddy. You take care, and I hope to see you down the road soon. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back. That was Yak Radio with Dave Stall on FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. That was a good interview. Happy birthday, Jim Owens. Hey, this segment is brought to you by South Bay Auto House. If you got a Mercedes-Benz, maybe it's used and you're not going to the dealer, or maybe you're thinking about selling it, maybe you want to get one worked on, you can't find a better shop than South Bay Auto House. They're down in Chula Vista. Uh, easy to find. Uh, just go online, boom, it'll, it'll pop right up. Go to www.autohousehaussouthbay.com. Dot com. They'll take care of all your services, factory. They use the parts. They got the training. It's super, you know, family owned and operated. Check these guys out. All right. And bumper dock sand tea. Boy, scratch stings, dents, headlights need to be buffed. Maybe some body work, even a paint. These guys are amazing. Right there in sand tea off 67. Go to sandteabumperdock.com. Okay, I got another interview for you. My other good buddy, Ted Ryan. Now, this guy's got the best job in town. We'll talk about it on air, but believe me, when you hear it, you'll you'll totally get it. Uh, he's the brand manager, and we were chatting with Angie from Graceland, if you can believe that, talking about the Lincoln Continental II. Check it out. All right, folks. Have I got a great interview for you today? I've got Ted Ryan, Heritage and Brand Manager for Ford, on the line. But we've got an even better special guest. we got Angie from Graceland. Why? Because we're talking about the King's Lincoln. Let's start off first off with Ted. So the question I have as I was reading the press event, I guess Elvis had a Lincoln. It was just autographed like crazy by the general public, and he traded it in on a Mark II. Whatever happened to that Lincoln with all the autographs? I'm going to let Angie tell you this story because that's one of her unicorn cars. So, yeah, take it away, Angie. Yeah, so Elvis was driving a Lincoln Premier um, while he was touring Florida in 1956. So he ends up in Miami the night before a show, and that night the fans decided to leave Elvis messages on his car, everything from phone numbers to song lyrics to names to hearts. So Elvis wakes up the next day, goes out to his car, totally graffitied, and he goes to the closest Lincoln dealership, trades it in, and uses the proceeds from that tour to buy the 56 Mark II. 
that he then drove the rest of that tour, drove it back to Memphis, and it was his kind of go-to car for the next couple of years. Wow, but wouldn't it be cool if you had the one he traded in? No, I know. That's my unicorn, as Ted was saying. Um, It used to be on display at the showroom in Miami until that dealership closed, and no one's been able to track it down. So if anyone out there knows where it is, call me at Graceland, because I would love to have that on display. Well, you know it's in somebody's private collection that was an Elvis fan. So, Ted, I was reading uh, some things about this car I mean, we're talking quite a few years back. I mean, the thing, what, retailed for over $9,000? But what, what were some of the unique things about the Mark II? Well, first off, the most important thing about the Mark II was it reintroduced the uh, Continental nameplate. Uh, the Continental nameplate had gone away in 1948, and it was brought back in 1952 by William Clay Ford. And he was trying to make the finest American automobile in history, and he did. Uh, the car was basically assembled, taken apart, painted, and then reassembled. It could take up to a thousand different uh, samples of the leather before they found leather worthy of the interior. Uh, the car did retail for more than $9,000, making it the most expensive American car uh, at the time. It was uh, premiered in October of 1955 at the Paris Auto Show and reestablished the Continental nameplate as one of the finest in America. Uh, not only did Elvis own it, but Sinatra owned one. Liz Taylor had one painted the color of her eyes. If you were anybody in Hollywood or any celebrity worth your salt, you wanted a Mark II because it, it gave you a sense of style and distinction and, and set you apart from the rabble who were just driving regular old Lincolns. I remind you of the Heritage Ford GT. The, the, the which, I'm sorry? The Heritage, you know, the blue and the gold. I mean, when you guys first came out with the GT in 2005, it kind of... Oh, yes, yes, yes. But we actually have... We have two Mark IIs on display in New York. Uh, Dave, we've got uh, Elvis's Continental Mark II, and then we have the Holman and Moody number 5 car from 66 Le Mans. We've got the GT40 Mark II on display over in the Ford area, so uh, I'm chock full of Mark IIs in New York. (laughs) got to be in, 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 in just candy history, boy, I'm telling you. So let's talk a little bit about Graceland. For folks that have never been, Angie, what, what, would, they, what would they see if they, if they come to, to that museum? You know, the best thing about Graceland is you're actually being invited into Elvis's world. I mean, the mansion, when you walk through that front door, you're walking through the same front door that Elvis first did when he bought the house in 57, that he brought Lisa home from the hospital in in 68, and that he greeted friends and family all of those years. But not only that, are you able to experience how Elvis lived, but you're able to experience how he loved Memphis, he loved the city, and you can see not only the house, but there's jumpsuits and gold records, and we have an amazing car museum called Presley Motors, where we feature over 20 of Elvis's vehicles, motorcycles, bikes, including three Lincolns. Um, so, yeah, so there's so much to see and do. Oh, yeah, and Elvis's private jet, the Lisa Marine. It sits right there on the dry, on the on the highway, so can't miss that. Well, you'll have to go to Google and put my name in and click on my videos, and you'll see a couple of Elvis shirts that I wear when I do mer- motorcycle events here in San Diego, and they're super That's- rare. I've never been able to find them anywhere else. I have two of them, 
He's riding a Triumph, uh, and they are the coolest shirts on the planet. So I'm a big El- I mean, I'm old, too. So I'm a big Elvis Presley fan. Uh, how many how many days a week are you open? We're open seven days a week, and you can find all the information about visiting Graceland and staying at the guest house and seeing Elvis's bikes in person at Graceland.com. All right. So I bet you Ted's just got you working your tail off. I bet you're answering a billion questions at the display. I am, but I love it because this is so something that Elvis would think would be ultra cool is to not only be here in New York at the auto show, but to be tied with such a classic luxury brand as Lincoln. This would be Elvis's ultimate playground. Oh, absolutely. And he was such a down-to-earth person. I know I never had an opportunity to meet him, but you know everything I've read and everything I have seen, you know, he was just kind of like you and I, but he just happened to have a talent like nobody else's. Exactly. And a matter of fact, when it came to cars, Elvis would prefer to be the chauffeur instead of being a chauffeur yeah. around. So nine times out of ten, Elvis would have driven you wherever you wanted to go and then some. And he was really, really big on giving. I mean, he'd either give cars to people, motorcycles to people, and charities like nobody's business. And it seems the family is still carrying on that legend. It really is. I mean, Elvis, when he first was able to buy a car, it meant to him that he had made it. And so him being able to give people cars and seeing the look on their faces when he would hand them keys to their own brand-new car was something that he treasured. And being able to do charity work, that, and we continue to do charity work in his name today for causes that he supported, is something that's really important not only to Elvis's legacy but to the estate as well. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, I this is one auto show I, I really am really bummed out I, I'm missing right now. But uh, uh, Graceland is on my bucket list, and I'll let you know when I when I can make a, a, a trip out. I would absolutely love love to see it. So Ted, uh, in the in that uh, display with Elvis's Lincoln, what else have you got there to, to for the fans? that are listening to the show back in New York that are going to be able to come to the auto show and make it a must-see? Well, we have the, the Lincoln, the, the, the vehicles that you would expect, the Aviator, the Corsair, the Navigator. We have uh, Elvis's Continental March II. We've got a nice little display case, too, that has the canceled check and has the white shoes that he's wearing in one of the photos. And uh, uh, But the re- reason we did all this and why it was important is it's the 100th anniversary of when Ford purchased Lincoln. So it was our Easter egg to, to throw a bone to the heritage and understand the grace and beauty and style of the Lincoln brand uh, via Elvis Presley and his beautiful Continental Mark II. Plus, Angie and I have been arguing all day about who has the best job. I think I do, but she keeps saying she does. And I think Elvis would agree Ted does. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think so, Angie. I think you got a pretty good gig on your hands. I mean, you can sit in Elvis's chair. If you want to spend the night in the mansion, you can sleep in his bed. I think you've got the better <laughs> You don't know anything about Archive State, though. <laughs> we, we don't do that. We don't do those things. But I get where you're coming from. And, yeah, being at Graceland is really cool. But being able to represent Elvis as well as the Lincoln brand in this way is an amazing opportunity for both Graceland as well as Lincoln. Well, I was kind of being polite because, I mean, Ted, he's had he had all, uh, Steve McQueen's Mustang. He's 
Now he's touched. He's t- he probably does have the better of the job because he gets, <laughs> he is just flowing through history without having to live it. Well, you need to have Angie back on to talk about some of the other vehicles in their collection because they. Uh, I visited Graceland last year, which is what gave me the idea. I almost immediately reached out to Angie and said, I, "I've got to have this car uh, to, as part of our story because." It's an amazing museum, and the car collection is just staggering. Well, I tell you what, Angie, I will donate one hour of radio here in San Diego, and I'm the only, I'm the longest running uh, automotive show in San Diego. I am more than happy to do it. Ted, if you want to join in, you can. We'll do a midweek so it doesn't t- tie up your Sundays. Just have John Delmonique send me the contact info on on Angie. And we'll set that up, and let's do it for sure within the year because, it, you know, Lincoln only turns 100 once. That's for sure. And also this year, Graceland is celebrating many milestones, including the 40th anniversary of opening for tours, as well as the 45th anniversary of Elvis' passing. So there's a lot of things happening in Memphis. And I'll make sure that I'll be sitting right in the middle of the car museum when we do our call. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm a big museum uh, supporter. We do an hour just on our San Diego Automotive Museum. I even do an hour on our Air and Space Museum. Because museums are the most important heritage we have left, and, it's, and I really look up to the to the docents, the volunteers, and I got a feeling you could join uh, uh, Graceland Museum if you uh, so so chose, right? Uh, Graceland is very much a for profit organization, so all of our employees um, we don't have volunteers. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, but yeah, Graceland definitely is available and open for tours seven days a week with all of our information at Graceland.com. All right, Ted, reach out to John. Let's put this together. We'll do, Dave. It's great to talk to you, and thanks for uh, shifting the day uh, for me. All right, for you, anything, my friend. Take care. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back to Yak Radio with Dave Stahl right here on FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer this segment is brought to you by san diego gear and axle man i tell you what two wheel four wheel all wheel doesn't make any difference steve can make it happen check him out at sdgearaxle.com sdgearaxle.com well you know we've been having a lot of problems with distractive drivers especially with new cars coming out with new features new options that really complicate the situation well gm has been chatting about it and i've got trisha morrow on she's from gm take a listen well folks you know i think one of the number one problems we're having on the road today is distractive driving and you know it's one of those geez i wish i hadn't done it or geez i wish i should have never picked up my phone well trisha morrow gm safety engineer is on the line and she's going to give you a few ideas that general motors is working on to help you with that. Good morning, Tricia. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks. How about yourself? Doing just wonderful. So tell us about what are you guys doing at uh, GM? Well, so April is Distracted Driving Awareness Month. And at General Motors, we 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 all know that using your cell phone while driving is a distraction that can absolutely cause crashes, injuries, and fatalities. But during this month, we really are working to bring attention to the fact that it's not just 
your cell phone. It's not just eating in your vehicle or reaching for an object, that there's lots of different distractions in the vehicle, including emotional stress that can play a factor in causing crashes and injuries out on our roadways. Well, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, you and I have both seen it. People putting makeup on, guys shaving, uh, you know, looking at a map, even though we have navigation. I mean, and, and I don't know what it is. Do you think it's the vehicle has lulled the driver into such a comfort zone that they just don't pay any attention and it's like as if the vehicle is going to drive itself? Well, you know, there's so many things that we're confronted with today that, you know, in years past have not been part of our everyday lives. You know, and we talk about, and you, you, you know, articulated all these different things that people are doing in the vehicles. And Virginia Tech Transportation uh, Institute, you know, did find that 68% of crashes involved a secondary task, such as the ones that you mentioned. You know, and they also have found that, you know, they're also the, the researchers that found that if you're texting and driving, you're six times more likely to get into a crash. But what was interesting is they also found that if the driver's in an elevated emotional state, that they're 9.8, almost 10 times more likely to get into a crash, which is a really interesting statistic, especially since we've seen, you know, the fatality rate climb during the, during the pandemic. Isn't that the truth? It's like when we were dead in the middle of the pandemic, not a lot of people were on the road. It's like everybody said, okay, I can go 20 miles an hour faster. Where did that rule come in? And then they still do their distractive, you know, tasks, if you would like to call it that, in the vehicle. No, you're, you're, you're so right on. And, and there's nothing worse than, geez, I wish I didn't have that happen. And you could lose a loved one. You could injure yourself. You could injure somebody else. I mean, it's, it's really terrible when you think about it. For sure. And, you know, during the pandemic, we not only saw, you know, um, speeds increase, but we saw, you know, the use of alcohol while they're driving increase. Seatbelt use was, went down. And we know how important seatbelt use is. It's the number one thing you can do to protect yourself in a crash is to buckle your seatbelt. You know, and so at General Motors, we really wanted to see what people out there, what folks were thinking about and feeling post-pandemic. So we worked with McCann World Group, um, their Truth Central Global Intelligence Unit, and conducted a future of safety study where we had almost 3,000 respondents, um, you know, tell us how they feel about driving post-pandemic. And we had some really interesting findings, including that 40% of people feel more anxious now than they did before the pandemic. You know, really pulling into the fact that majority of the people were saying that emo their emotional state was impacting their driving. Wow, now there's something you wouldn't probably normally think about. That's amazing. But I can understand it totally uh, because that pandemic, I think, has done more damage than we really realize. I think we're going to find out more as we dig into it whether it be adults, children, driving habits, uh, purchasing habits. I mean, no, I think you're right on the money. That's amazing. Yeah, we also found that respondents, 54% of respondents said that they had cited a time when they were crying in their vehicle, and a third had had to pull over because they were too emotional to drive 
when we look at, you know, the younger generation and, you know, as a mother of a teen driver, you know, I'm very concerned about my, my children and my daughter out on the road. You know, this has disproportionately affect kids where, you know, 65% of kids or the majority of kids have said that they have, you know, driven angry. And it's just really important to note, you know, going back to that VTTI, that Virginia Tech statistic, that you can almost be 10 times more likely to get into a crash if the driver's in an elevated state. So this um, this impact of our emotions on driving really needs to be something we're talking about, which it's so important during Distracted Driving Awareness Month, just to bring it up as, you know, this is a distraction we also need to be cognizant about as, lo- as well as our phones and eating and all the other distractions that we typically talk about. Well, I'm older than dirt. So, you know, self-driving has never been anything I'm interested in. But just those topics you just brought up, it makes probably the best reason to have self-driving. Because really, we almost need to take the steering wheel away from the everyday driver. We don't get the proper training when we're kids and we're just starting to drive. The vehicles go way faster than they need to go. Uh, There's so many other things that get in the way. I mean, you kind of, I mean, does that make sense to you? Well, I'm a huge proponent of, you know, our autonomous future. And, you know, General Motors has a very um, lofty and zero crash vision. And, you know, I'm excited about our zero crash goal. And I see, um, you know, active safety features, you know, being a key component to help reduce crashes and fatalities on the road to autonomous driving you know, we ran a study with the University of Michigan Transportation Research Institute, UMSHRI, um, and found that our active safety features are proven to be effective. For example, automatic emergency braking with forward collision alert was shown to re- that, you know, 41% of the crashes are are reduced or, you know, have been mitigated with this feature and even more injuries that are resulting from it, you know, really showing that this feature is, these features that we have are that have, you know, slowly taken control from the driver or assisted the driver in avoiding collisions, they're really working. And so I'm, I'm a big fan of our active safety technology and all the benefits that our autonomous future might bring. I, I totally agree with you 100% because, you know, let's, I mean, it is so, so important. You know, and one other thing that you have, and, and this is today, and I think it's one of the best-kept secrets but one of the best uh, features in a GM product is that child report card that you could set the vehicle up to, you know, limit the speed. You know where the kids are going, that you get the kids back home. You download the report. You can have a positive uh, discussion on, hey, you did really well. You got good gas mileage. You stayed within the limit. You know, and I don't think that gets enough publicity. Don't you kind of agree? Absolutely. You know, it's the teen driver report card is something that we make use of often in our household. You know, I mentioned I have a teen driver. My daughter is 17 and, and out on the road. We have teen driver active in her vehicle. And with that feature active or that system active, all of the active safety features in her vehicle are defaulted on. She gets a speed limit alert every time she hits 40 miles an hour. So on those um, other vehicle streets or the streets by our home, um, the speed limit's 35. So if she hits 40, um, you know, definitely wants to know that she's she's gone over the speed limit. But right. she's actually articulated that, 
that's actually helped her. You know, the following distance indicator has helped her learn what the proper distance from the vehicle in front of her is. You know, lane departure warning with lane keep assist has helped her learn how to stay and how to center herself in those lanes. And, you know, maybe the speed limits helped her not really have the lead foot that she, she admits to having from time to time. The only, the only alternative, I would say, go to Spring Mountain, drive a Corvette with Ron Fellows, and that'll teach you, you know, what speed is for the track and normal driving is for everyday driving. No, I totally, I totally get it. You know, thank you very much for, for taking time out of your day. And, you know, GM is, as far as I'm concerned, you guys are truly the leader in, in, in safety within the vehicle. Uh, you're going after, I think, the right target, and that's the driver. And I applaud you for that. And, and Tricia, I can't wait to talk to you down the road because I got a sneaky feeling you got some more things up your sleeve. We always have something up our sleeve, that's for sure. And I would encourage all of the listeners to visit gm.com for under the vehicle safety session for more information about the future of safety report, um, and also to visit TikTok where we have a new Scream It Out challenge where we're using influencers to just spread a really simple message that driving while stressed can be distracted. And they are encouraging fellow TikTokers to duet them and to scream it out before the drive so that to alleviate stress and encourage safe driving. Isn't that the truth? I don't know. To me, driving is, is relaxing to me. Maybe I'm just old. I don't know. All right. Thank you very, very much. And seriously, I want to hear some more from you down the road. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, right, folks. Welcome back. You are listening to Yak Radio with Dave Stahl on FM 961, AM 1170, The Answer. Well, those are some pretty good interviews. I always get a kick out of what I'm going to get because you never know. I kind of reach out and everybody uh, jumps on board because... I don't know. I just like doing interviews. Hey, this segment is brought to you by John's Automotive Import Repair. He has two locations. You can find out everything you need to know at johnsandiegoautorepair.com. And you can go to his uh, website there. Two two locations. Works on anything and everything. AAA, NAP Auto Care, ASC certified. And, you know, I'm always talking about, you know, you got to go to a place where the warranty is great, the people are great, and you're warranty believe it or not guaranteed clear across the united states uh once you shop at his store anyway all right so i want to talk a little bit about uh electric vehicles and i know i've brought this topic up probably more than once but it's important to hear it because you know more and more electric vehicles are coming out i mean i've been seems like i've been driving one every two weeks uh and there's some not issues, but there's some uh, things you need to know about if you're going to get into the electric car world. Um, there are lots, of, you know, reviews, you know, on the on the YouTube that you can watch of a specific electric vehicle. I get it, you know, that's fine. But a lot of the things I, I haven't seen is what do you need to do before you even consider an electric vehicle? I mean, you know, where are you going to park it? Where are you going to plug it in? What kind of power level are you going to go with? You're going to go 110. You're going to go, you know, level two or level three. You know, then you got to decide. Well, is my house or apartment going to be able to handle the power outlet? You know, can do I have a panel where I can put 220 in? And can this thing be mounted someplace where it's safe and out of the way? 
and it, you know won't be damaged or for heaven bid stolen so that's that's one side of it you know just making sure the house is where it needs to be and then you got and this is another area that came up um quite a bit and that's okay well what do i get on 110 and then what do i get on 220 and what i what do i get on say 330 well 110 is amazing because it used to be eh, four, five, six, seven, eight hours wasn't too bad. But now that we've brought the, the level two and the level three in, it takes more of two and three to get you in and out of the garage or driveway between 18 and 25 minutes. So, and maybe even better depending on the unit where you're at and what have you. So we've traded that time for not, you know, just having to sit around a while, wait and see how long it takes to get every, you know, get the car charged up if you didn't stay on top of it. And then there's companies out all over the county popping up where you can get your car, you know, charged up. There's certain companies and services that you can join, and it's kind of like a credit card. Uh, sometimes if you buy an electric vehicle, all the electricity that you're, you want to use is either free or it's, it's a limited amount per day. I think uh, I read someplace where you got free 30 minutes a day of electricity charge if needed. So, But again, it's all about getting everything ready to see if you can do it. And you haven't even done the paperwork yet as what what's going to cost for the car. What are they going to give you back, if anything, federal or state? Uh, there's some, you know, provisions there, but you'd have to check with the dealer, and then wouldn't hurt to let your tax man know you know what you're doing, and then decide whether you're going to lease it or buy it. And it's, you know, a good one is going to run you in the 40s. I'm just going to tell you that right now. So just figure forty thousand. Uh, go to your insurance agent. Uh, we usually seem to forget about that when we buy a new car until the dealer says, who are you going to have insure it? Never rehearse to go to them and say, okay, I'm going to buy this. What's the rate's going to run me? What can you do for me? And they'll go, okay, it's going to cost you this much. Fine. I'll get you the VIN number and everything once we you know do the transaction. That's just something else you got to think about because depending on you never know what anybody's insurance level is nowadays. So I'm just saying it's just another added expense to the vehicle. And then uh, last but not least, find out you know if you're not going to get a home charger, how are you going to maneuver around town to stay charged without having one? I mean, which means you got to have a location of where chargers are. Now, in a lot of cases. The car you buy, depending on the year, will have like a navigation for places to charge. So, you know, and I'm sure there's apps that'll, you know, that you can download that will actually make an appointment, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, it's endless. So, these are just some of the things that you have to think about before you even get the car. Okay. So, then once you've done that, or better yet, let's back up check around where are you going to go with this thing you know you know because you want to know what kind of range you're looking for if you can live with 100 miles then fine it's a lot less expensive it gets you down on the high 20s low 30s mid 30s and that uh by the way that'll be a review at two o'clock uh, of an electric vehicle that fits the entry level is what i call it 
but it's got everything you'd ever want in an electric car, but just not for the price that you'd have to pay for other vehicles. But that's that's another issue. All right, now you just want to know range, and then you got to say where you're going to go and where you're going to come back from the most. You know, this is not a, a this is not a, a traveling car. You can make it a traveling car. It takes a little bit of work. Location, location, location. You can go cross country in an electric car if you do the mapping out properly. And hopefully all equipment from A to B is all working properly. Okay, so, but that's beside the point. I'm just talking about you going to work if that's what it is that you're looking for. So you you do that mathematical side of it. And if it makes sense, then uh, have fun. Don't go to the gas station anymore. Uh, I'm telling you, when I get an electric vehicle for a week to test, I can I can tell you right now I'm in pure heaven that I don't you know have to go to the to the gas station and stand in the line pump gas. But uh, I've been doing this a while. I still get a little you know range anxiety. Um, I was totally impressed. Well, you'll have to stay for the next segment, and I'll tell you what my feelings were on the on the Nissan Leaf uh, for kind of living with it for a full week, uh, plugging it in, disconnecting it. I mean, and it's so weird, and I'll talk about this in the next hour. They can't make up their mind what side of the car you put the gas door, right? Well, they sure can't figure out how to disconnect an electric vehicle once charging is complete or you need to interrupt. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. Well, that's what the manual's for. That's what the instru- uh, salesman is supposed to teach you. And I go, yeah, I get it, but I think... It should be more simpler. You know, I mean, not that I don't want to have to go do research, which I have done to find out how to plug in an electric vehicle. Had no idea where the door was. Had no idea. I mean, I looked up, down, around, went and watched the video, and it was in the grill. And you had to touch this little piece of plastic, and it popped it open, and boom, you plugged it in your car. Couldn't believe it. But, uh, all right, so coming up, I am going to do a review, like I mentioned, on a 2022 Nissan Leaf. Uh, like I said, this one makes it 37.4. So we'll talk about that when we come back. Kristen's going to be calling in as well. So we are going to have a fantastic show. Stick around for You Ought to Know on FM 96.1 AM 1170, The Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com